Hello, welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. I have a special co-host with me today. My name is Sherry, my dog's name is Sunny, and I have Elise and Moosh with me. Hi! We have been hanging out in the central coast area of California on the beach, so if you're watching this recording, that's why we look like this, just in case you wondered. <laughs> but it's been a really good time, and I'm super excited for you to meet our guest today. Hello. Hi! <laughs> Hello. So we have three Alliance of Therapy dog handlers here. Oh, you're almost right, Sunny. Yeah, we've started the process with Alliance, but I technically am not a handler. For those who don't know you, would you like to know? My name is Kristen and my dog is Winston. He is my therapy dog. I did just adopt a second dog. His name is Reno, but he is not the subject of this because he is not a therapy dog. Maybe in the future, no idea. Don't have like necessarily that planned for him yet. But we live in Maryland. We're just south of Baltimore between Baltimore and Washington, D.C., and we are certified through Alliance of Therapy Dogs. And Winston just turned two. His second birthday was on Saturday. And yeah, we've been certified through Alliance almost exactly a year ago. He passed his therapy test in April of 2021, just after his first birthday. So we're coming up on our year anniversary of being a therapy dog. And anything else you want to know? <laughs> That's a great start. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to Winston and happy anniversary of being a therapy dog team. Yeah, very exciting. Just a few weeks, we'll have our one year. Nice. How did you first find out about therapy dogs? So I am an occupational therapist, actually, and I have encountered them in different jobs and like internships that I've had over the years. And one of my classes that I took in grad school for OT did cover like animal assisted occupational therapy. So it's always kind of an interest area in the back of my mind. And we did have a dog before Winston. She was my husband's dog before we met and wonderful dog and loved her very much, but definitely like not the right, you know, temperament for therapy work. So we had always said that would be kind of what we would have in the back of our minds when we were, you know, looking to get another dog one day. So I had kind of, I guess, just known about it for a long time. And it was kind of something that I had been hoping to do for a while. So yeah, I was hoping to train Winston as a therapy dog before I adopted Winston. So I got kind of lucky that it actually did work out because I know, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. And I was open to that. I knew there was a chance that it wouldn't end up happening. So I'm very glad that it did work out. Yeah, that's really great. So when you were looking for a dog to adopt, then were you taking kind of like therapy sort of temperament into account and things like that? Or are you just kind of got like... Yeah. So I had talked to a couple of trainers and some people that were in like different therapy stations and kind of knew what I was looking for. I did really want to rescue. I had a trainer tell me that I was probably best off getting like a purebred, well-bred lab as a puppy. But a few people from therapy dog organizations had told me like, oh, we have a lot of, you know, mutts and rescues that do therapy work. So that's kind of what I was going into it with. I was really just looking for a dog that was very friendly, friendly with strangers, just really loving and like didn't have any like major behavioral issues that were like major red flags. You know, just a really friendly temperamented dog that 
also just seemed curious and wanting to learn that, you know, maybe had the potential to have some training. And um, right from when I read Winston's like rescue ad, (laughs) the way that he was described was like, he was only a six month old puppy at the time, but the foster had described him as a total snuggle bug, like has puppy energy, is curious of new experiences and not fearful like we'll jump right on the couch and like snuggle in your lap and he sounded like the right fit and yep I got lucky I know that especially with rescuing it's always you just never know for sure so he ended up being great yeah the same is kind of true like whether you rescue or whether you get a dog from a breeder like either way right like you can temperament test and everything but then they hit adolescence and you just really don't know what's gonna happen at that point so It's so true. Like, you never know. Like, things could be going well, and then something could happen that could, you know, really set you back, and you just never know. Yeah, it could be something totally out of your control. Like, we were talking earlier today about, like, sometimes the dog will come to them, and that's nothing you had control over, but it can totally change your dog. That's very true. So, I'm happy it worked out. Yeah. What did you see in him after you adopted him that let you know that he'd be a good fit for a therapy dog? Well, first of all, he was just so happy to come with us. Like we were strangers and he was like, yeah, I will get in your car. I will come to your house. Like he settled in really well. Like he wanted to greet all of our neighbors. Like he had no fear about any people like little kids, you know, adults, older people. Like he was just so happy to interact with everyone. My mother-in-law had come to stay with us a few months after we adopted him after her husband passed away. And he like took to her immediately and was like, you need me. And like, you are the human that needs me. And I'm going to just snuggle with you and love on you. And like, he was just so intuitive with her. So we knew that we had found the right dog for this work pretty soon after we had adopted him. He showed us that that was what he wanted to do. Oh, he's here. He finally decided to come over. Winston, say hi. Hi, Winston. He finally decided to be social. He was over there chewing on a bone. Yeah, sometimes dogs aren't really sure what to do with people and the versus people life yeah he does not understand like the phone and zoom like I know during COVID a lot of like therapy dogs would do like zoom therapy but like he doesn't get it <laughs> like if someone's talking through the pandemic yeah he's super in tune with the phone for some reason so <laughs> we took advantage of that and did a lot of zoom therapy over the pandemic I remember no that's good so the first like six weeks of the pandemic I didn't meet my boyfriend because everyone was like oh lockdown like everything is scary we facetimed him and Sunny was so confused that he was in the phone she was like hitting the phone out of my hand <laughs> I wish everyone could see Sunny she's a product of our busy day on the beach she is stacked out she's very passed out yeah yeah Carmel, from chat and barbara and carmel have done a lot of really innovative things i would say with therapy dogs so they did my talking pet they did virtual visits they did all kinds of things working on that you can definitely get creative but i think you know not every dog wants to talk on the phone and that's totally fine sometimes it takes a whole lot of treats to make that happen <laughs> Yeah, I'm an OT in a school and the school was closed for a year. So I did like virtual therapy on Zoom. And sometimes he would just be like snuggling next to me. So he'd be on my Zoom, but it was completely on his terms. It's like sometimes like, oh, he's a therapy dog in training. Like he's training right now. He's in therapy. But I would have never scheduled it that way. Like I would have never like dedicated.
waited till kids coming on Zoom read to him because if he didn't want to sit on the couch, he doesn't understand people on the computer talking at him. Like he doesn't want to just lay in front of the computer unless he wants to lay on the couch. And that just happens to be what I'm Zooming. So that was not his thing. <laughs> yeah, I think you made a really good point though there, you know, on his terms. I think that's something that we often forget about with therapy dogs is that they need to enjoy it. They need to want to do it. So I'm glad that he sometimes opted into virtual therapy, but was able to voice when he was like, oh, thank you. Not from you right now. Yeah, like the kids loved it when he did come in, but like if he wanted to jump off the couch and do something else, like I wasn't going to force him to stay there. Yeah. How has adapted to his new brother? It's going really well. So Reno's been here, I guess almost a month already, but really good overall. They like to snuggle a lot, which is really cute. They have kind of different play styles, so they don't play all that much that we are hoping, but they're starting to a little more. But he's good. He was a little jealous at first and kind of like is this guy leaving when's he leaving but he's a good brother he's doing well that's really great did anything surprise you along your training to therapy dog with him I think it did surprise me how fast the process kind of went. And I do actually wonder if we did rush it a little bit because I basically got him certified as soon as possible. I do kind of get like that sometimes like when I have a goal and because we adopted him in October of 2020, like I was working from home. So I just had a lot more time to spend training and basically like, you know, you have to have a dog for six months and they have to be a year old. And as soon as we basically hit that, I was like, let's go. But the training went very well. I was confident. The trainer that we worked with was confident that he had all of the skills. But because he was so young and it went so fast, I am very careful about how much I do work him because he does have a slightly shorter attention span because he is younger. And one of the things that I love about Alliance of Therapy Dogs is that you do like set up your own visits. So I'm able to only do like one hour visit which for him right now that's kind of perfect he does not quite have the attention span like I can start to see him losing it a little bit at the end of the sessions he starts to get a little tired we usually do a hospital now Reno is squeaking a toy so if you hear the squeaking in the background I apologize totally fine so as we start to get to the end of that hour like oh typically we go to a hospital that's kind of our typical place we've done a couple other like one-off things here and there but weekly we usually go to a hospital and as as we start to get to that hour, he does start to sometimes not be as interactive, kind of start to like back up a little bit and like look at me and I can see he's kind of done. We also go in the evenings because I work during the day. So that might be part of it too. I want to maybe try to do some weekends like earlier, just my weekends have been busy and we just haven't. But yeah, so like it did surprise me how fast we were able to pass and start therapy work. But because of that, I am just very aware of his age and attention span and just trying to set him up for success because I do know typically dogs don't start that young so yeah I guess that was just the most surprising thing yeah. you'll keep advocating for him even as he ages Moosh is coming up on 10 and oh wow we were just talking today that I am starting to really pay attention to when he's done in a visit too and sometimes he's at 35 45 minutes and he will just hold my gaze a second longer than normal and I will know that we need to start saying our goodbyes and making our way out you know you definitely as they're older you start advocating and trying to decide when it's retirement time when they're no longer having a good time but good for you Mm, that makes sense 
paying attention to when he's done. I keep saying like, maybe we'll try two hours when I think he's ready. They don't kick me out at the exact time. You know, I say I'm going to leave. So like occasionally if he is doing really well and we're like in a patient's room and he's still enjoying the interactions, we will stay a little longer, but I still haven't committed to longer than an hour. I'll still like put that in the books. So no one's expecting us to really day longer than that and we have also left before that if he's just having a really off night I'm like you know what I think we're just gonna call it a night and go home same I just had a five minute visit when we have walked in and the temperature has been 90 plus degrees for the elder residents who appreciate that temperature and I walk in with a double coated Aussie and we're like mm, wow. okay that is good to hear like sometimes I feel like I need the reminder too like it is okay if it's not a good day and you just have to bail yep totally okay yeah mm-hmm. First and foremost, you're your dog's number one advocate. So yeah, Krista, what have you really enjoyed about therapy dog work? It's been really interesting just meeting so many different people that I would have never interacted with otherwise, like the patients and staff in the hospital, just, you know, people in my community that I would have never encountered. I, for some reason, never really thought about like my role as the member of the team, at least in like the volunteer therapy work sense. So like one day I would like to do, and I know we've talked about this, not on live, but like uh, we've chatted about it, but I do want to do animal assisted occupational therapy one day. That's kind of our ultimate goal, but I do not think he is ready for that yet because that would involve likely an entire day of work. So that is definitely something that we'll work up to if I do feel like he is suited for that. So like, I do think of the role of the handler in that sense, if you're doing like animal assisted therapy, but in terms of just like the volunteer pet therapy, I didn't really think about myself. I thought about, I'm just handling him, but like I'm in there too. And everyone wants to talk to me too. (laughs) And you know, the patients want to tell me about every dog they've ever met (laughs) and the dogs they had growing up and the dogs they have at home and the dogs that their grandkids have. And they want to tell me sometimes how their treatments are going or, and like, I have a role in it too. Obviously, since the start of the show, but I didn't really consider how much I would enjoy not only seeing him kind of do his thing and bring joy to everyone else, but that I would actually really enjoy interacting with everyone as well. So that was probably the biggest surprise to me. I love that. Remember to advocate for yourself as well, because we were also discussing today, sometimes it can be emotionally hard on you. And, you know, not everyone in our lives know exactly what it's like to be a therapy dog handler and have these people kind of, you know, sometimes filling their guts to you. And so just remember to have some kind of outlet. Like for us, it's the beach directly after a visit. So Moosh can just go and be a dog and I can clear my head and let it roll off my back. But yeah, there are some days where it's not all happiness and, you know, telling you about their dogs. And that's just part of the gig as a volunteer. But it's important to have some outlet for you afterwards to chill out so you don't get burned out. Yeah, that is a really good point. Sometimes you do see patients that are, you know, really going through things, especially during this season of the world of COVID and, you know, everything else going on. So that's some good advice. What about you? Do you have any advice for someone who's interested in becoming a therapy dog team? Yeah, I would definitely say just look into different organizations because they are all very different and it kind of depends on what you're looking for. People are really looking for a community interaction. A lot of the local organizations that we have, they have a weekly or like a monthly class that everyone needs to take and they go as like a big group and it's designated times and places. And like for some people, they would really love to do something like that. For me, someone that works full 
time and I'm also in school taking class. Like I have a lot of other things going on. So I really like the independence of Alliance of Therapy Dogs that I can kind of set up my own visits when I want to, but that's not necessarily what everyone's looking for. So, you know, there's just so many different organizations that do it very differently. So kind of finding the right fit. And I know I have heard of people having bad experiences with different organizations. So maybe kind of just see what people are saying about experiences with different organizations. I will not call out any specific organization, but I do have some in the back of my head that I have heard not wonderful things about. So just do your research. The right thing is out there. If you have a specific place you want to visit, maybe ask them if they only work with a specific organization. Because like some places that I called to see if they want to visit so that they only work with like a specific one. If you have your heart set on like a specific hospital or something, maybe call them, see who they work with. So just really consider the organization when you're looking into it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And for someone like yourself and me as well, who is wanting to work with their dog one day, and that makes a difference in the organization. Some organizations don't have that possibility. So it definitely makes an impact. And Jared just chimed in and said, yes, do your research and see if you can shadow a team to understand what's involved in a visit. Yeah, that's good advice. And you did bring up something that I kind of forgot about too, which was one of the reasons we went with Alliance is they do support you bringing your dog to work, which is one of our goals and not all of them do. So yeah, we came to Alliance as well for the basically you're an independent contractor having worked in other more intensive organizations. When I moved to California, I looked for a national program that, you know, at this point, we could do our own thing. And at the same time, we suddenly have a small chapter here that we kind of not necessarily okay. chapter, but a group of people who are certified by ATD, and we get together and do some group visits, which turns out to be good for people new to therapy dog work. But then you know, that's the beauty of ATD, you can go and do your own thing and not have to really report back to anyone or do anything too social if you don't want to. The freedom of ATD is really one of its main selling points. Yeah, but I mean, probably not for everyone though, right? Because like that was a little frustrating at first for me that I was completely on my own to find the places to visit. And I like asked ATD like, hey, do you know where people in my area are visiting? Like, like where accepts ATD? And they're like, no, we don't keep track of that. So yeah. like, oh, we can try to put you in touch with other handlers. It was me just kind of cold calling places and sending out emails. And it was a little frustrating and I was okay with that because I was very motivated to do it. But I could see someone getting discouraged by that if they had like something different in mind. So, you know, there's something out there for every team that has different expectations and different things that they want out of it. So some people would rather do those group visits and other people would rather be solo. So there's definitely a difference. Jared also said, don't be afraid to ask for help or advice and that sometimes you need someone local or a mentor to answer questions that come up during visits. So I am recently a tester observer for ATD and we kind of have revamped since more things have opened up in the pandemic. We've really pushed these three solid observations with people, sometimes four if they need it. And we have really kind of explained that, yes, we have this group, but you're on your own. But we as TOs are available for anything. We really try to be that mentor for new teams and help them to, if they want to just go solo, show them how to do it. And if they want to be part of the group, they can do 
do it. And I know TO is very across the country, but here we've really tried to be sounding board for all the new teams. That's really great. So we actually didn't have a TO because there isn't one in my area. So we actually did the alternate review. There isn't one within 40 miles of me. There's actually only one in the entire state of Maryland and they're up very north of the state. Like it's over an hour from where I live. And I did reach out to her and I was like, well, like maybe I would be willing to travel. And then she had actually said, she's like, you know what? I actually took a break because I'm high risk with COVID. So like, I have no idea when I would even do observations again. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. Oh, wow. So yeah. And there like wasn't anything else in the state. So I ended up doing the alternate, which was something good in a way, because there was less that I had to do. Like I didn't have to schedule everything. I just had to find a trainer to do the test. And then we had gotten the CGC. I was able to use that and then like a letter of recommendation. So like in a way it was easier, but I didn't kind of have that guidance. So, you know, I guess that's something to consider too, for people, if you are looking to do alliance of therapy dogs see if you have a tester observer in your area or if you would have to go through the alternate review because that could make a difference for you you might not want to do the alternate review you might want to have a little more mentorship so yeah totally Kristen I know we've been talking for a while but I would love to get a chance to hear a bit about what doing with research on animal assisted therapy and children with autism? Yeah, I am a doctoral student right now in occupational science. And my research interest that I'm hoping to do my dissertation on is animal assisted therapy for children on the autism spectrum. So I've done a lot of preliminary literature kind of review type research on it. Last summer, I did like a synthesized review of all the research that's been out out there on the subject. And unfortunately, there's actually not much formal research that has been done on it. There are like a lot of books that talk about it, but not like actual research studies. So I am hoping to do my dissertation on that. And if Winston is at the point that we are, you know, ready to do animal assisted OT, I would like to kind of structure my dissertation using him and kind of setting up some animal assisted OT with children on the autism spectrum and come up with ways to like measure the outcomes and measure how successful it is, try to develop protocols for it. Because right now there are OTs using dogs in therapy, but there's not a ton of like protocol. Like if you wanted to go use your dog in therapy, especially like with children with autism, like there's a little more out there, A, on horses and B, on other settings, like kind of more like physical rehab settings. I don't know what the dogs are doing right now. Sorry if you hear them barking. But in terms of children on the autism spectrum, there's just not a ton of guidance out there. There's not a ton of people doing it. So kind of right now, my goals are to see everything that has been done and then try to see where I can kind of help add to the body of research to forward the profession in that direction and help provide guidance to other OTs that may want to use their dogs in therapy specifically with that population. Did you have any other questions about it? I feel like that was kind of really general. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're totally fine. I haven't looked so much into animal assisted therapy specifically with children with autism. I did find that book that I shared with you that I think was about, yeah, it was about animal assisted therapy with children with autism. So I've looked more into studies on how therapy dogs have impacted people. I know I found recently a couple of good studies that looked at therapy dogs in cancer patients and how it benefited okay. patients as well as how it benefited the dog 
dogs, like the dog's reaction. They actually studied to see if the dogs actually enjoyed it, which I thought was really cool. It was the same study. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they published like two different sides so that I knew how it impacted the people and how it impacted the dogs, which I think is really important. But no, I didn't have any specific questions, although Jared is asking at what age you would be targeting for children with autism. So I personally work with children of all eight, well, five to 21, so like school age children. So if I were to use my job, which I don't honestly know if I can, like there's so many like ethics and I don't know if that will actually (laughs) be the population I'm going to study, but that's where like my job is. So that's probably the age that I would study, but I will let you know more in like about a year (laughs) when I have all the details ironed out, but most likely the whole five to 21 range. Well, I definitely look forward to keeping in touch with you and hear about, was there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here? I don't think so. Unless anyone has any questions. You sent me to this. Oh, it looks so good. On this side, it says Mooch. This is his therapy dog vest. And it helps. I love it. With the elderly clientele because we're wearing masks and they can't hear us. And the number one question we're asked is what's his name? And Mooch is a very hard name to say in general. He shows up with this and people just start yelling down the hall. My name is Mooch. I love it. Oh, I'm glad that I pointed you in the right direction. Yeah, his vest that has his name on it has also been very helpful for the same reason that like people can just read it. And we'll have people saying his name before I tell them his name. So that's nice. Like, oh, this is Winston. So. I do feel that way when we walk in the hospital. I know it's not me. It's all about him. But it is kind of nice how excited people get, you know. (laughs) All right, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great to get to know you a little bit more. And if anyone wants to follow your journey with Winston, they can find you at Winston underscore the underscore Aussie underscore Coonhound, right? Yes. Good job. (laughs) It's such a long name. I have regrets, but I'm not changing it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. And I got the double host feature. So it was fun to hang out with both of you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. And make sure you say hi to Winston and Reno for us. I will. They are over there somewhere being very silly dogs. I will give them love from everyone. All right. Bye. Bye.